Good morning. This is MT Clark. Uh, this is the MT for Christ 24-7 podcast, and this is Bible Study with the Zincotis. And we're joined today by Arthur and Susanna Zincotti and my wife, Tammy Lynn Clark. Yes, good morning, everyone. We kind of chipped ourselves out of the ice and snow and everything from our house in Hudson. Mm. Had a little bit of a March's crazy weather patterns. Yes, indeed. <laughs> right. Right, and we had to deal with the hour loss. Oh, and the hour change, yes. Uh, yes. Springing ahead always messes me up. Uh, uh, <laughs> I usually, I fall back is great, um, but yeah. springing ahead, that's the that's the thing. Yes, yes, yes. You would yes. think, you know, spring back, I don't know, it doesn't make any sense, uh, but that, yeah. that's what I think I set, I think I set things behind, you know, the other way last night. When I snoozing during the Bible study, uh, we'll know. And my right, and my phone, my phone corrected itself, yeah, but yeah. it it threw my alarm. Like I had an alarm set, and it didn't go off at the the time of the alarm. It moved it ahead an hour. So it was oh. like, yeah, so no, I was the time was the time, and even though you sprang ahead, doesn't mean I wanted to wake up an hour ahead. <laughs> Meaning well, I'd be an hour behind. So it was, uh, I'll tell you, Mark, this was, uh, it, it caused me to think or remember mm -hmm. uh, that um, about when we did this at 530. Remember yeah. those days? <laughs> yes. yes, I do. No, I don't remember those days because I was sleeping in. Susanna yeah. was sleeping in, but uh, Mark and I, we were, uh, uh, we were the frozen chosen at 530. Oh, yeah, man. Monday morning for years, years that went on for, and uh, those were, those were some great studies. Those were some great times. And uh, oh, absolutely, Pastor Chris at the helm there. And, mm -hmm. But here we are, yep. uh, and happy to be here. Father, mm -hmm. we're grateful to you for getting us up mm -hmm. this morning, Lord God, because mm -hmm. we put all our trust in you. You. <laughs> sustained us through the night you woke us up this morning you put our feet on solid ground you uh drew us in here into your presence uh, uh getting around your word and we're grateful for it yes lord. Uh, ask for your blessing over our uh, time together this morning lord god we uh pray for pastor bob and louise costello mm -hmm. lord we speak mm -hmm. blessing over them in their house and their home as they're bringing they've got their grandkids today <clears throat> and uh we're grateful to be gathered together around your word, Lord God. I pray that you would give us, uh, open the eyes of our hearts, give unction to your word to change us into the image of your son, that we would approach your word with, uh, with uh, pliable hearts, uh, ready to receive, ready to grasp the, uh, the wonder and majesty of it all, and, um, and, and take, take it away with us, uh, that your word would be written on the tablets of our hearts yes we uh, pray these things this morning in jesus name amen amen amen, amen. well believe it or not we're back in uh, uh matthew uh, 27 uh i'm really on a a expository role here <laughs> i love it yeah it was you know matthew 27 1 through 31 last week and i i was Thrilled to see the heading in Matthew 32 through 66. I'm like, oh, oh, here we go. Uh, that's great. Yeah, I think we can finish the chapter. Uh, that would have been way too ambitious last week. We would have mm -hmm. today. But indeed, this is this is just not not something it, 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 you can walk away from. It's like we're taking the narrative and just telling half the story. That's uh, crazy talk. <laughs> so uh, um, we. We certainly want to forge ahead here and continue. And we've been approaching this with the theme of the, the narrative and seeing how it's uh, all intricately woven together, that there is a divine authorship. Uh, and we see that evidence, especially through fulfilled prophecy. There are uh, several fulfilled prophecies just in the Passion Week. And just in uh, Matthew uh, 27, in the events that surround uh, Matthew 27th chapter, uh, Jesus facing his his trial and execution, I should say mock trial, really, uh, an execution on the cross. So 
in verse 32, um, it opens up with now, uh, as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, um, Simon by name, uh, and him they compelled to bear his cross. And uh, I, this is not just an incidental uh, information. It's in all three synoptic gospels, this account. And uh, uh, in my estimation, the takeaway is that Roman flogging was so severe that many didn't even make it to the cross. You know, they didn't even make it to execution. Uh, we've, we read a, an account last week uh, of the depravity of man, of the Roman soldiers uh, making a crown of, of thorns, uh, mm. uh, beating Jesus on the head with reeds. Um, uh, uh, we know the flogging, the, the uh, 39 uh, stripes. It was horrible. Uh, anybody that's ever seen Passion of the Christ, my goodness, it, it's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's really enough to make you just wince and, and turn away. Um, and so many people, frail, anybody that just <laughs> elderly, any of the above, or maybe even the robust just didn't even make it through the flogging part. So um, Jesus being weakened, we we talked about how it, he was sleep deprived because you know the the uh, the chief priests and their cohorts uh, come in uh, after the seder after uh, the meal and in, in, arrest him in, in the garden. And he's taken through four trials uh, uh, through the night. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's sleep deprived, he's beaten. And so they, they engage this guy, uh, Simon, <clears throat> to carry the cross. And um, the, uh, there were, you know, there were a lot of per peripheral uh, little narratives about uh, uh, this occasion in, in Catholic doctrine. Uh, the three times that Jesus fell, or one of the ones that I love is the woman that, that gives him a towel to wipe his face, and he gives her the towel back, and it, the impression of his face is in the towel. Have you ever heard that? I have, it, and I think her name was, was either Barbara or yeah something like that, but anyway, the towel of Barbara. But, you know, the thing is, is that, yeah, his face would have been impressed on that plate, on that towel, because it was all bloody. Yeah. And you, mm. put your, you know, how many times you put your towel and you look down, you know, Tammy Lynn and I, you know, we, maybe we had a little makeup on, we wash our face, we wash our face and we pull the washcloths down there. Of course, there's an impression mm. of a person's face on yep. there. You know, uh, it's not necessarily a, a miracle. Mm. It just happened to be that that's what well, it was. These, these are, these are great stories but the thing is um i often wonder to myself why why isn't the narrative enough you know why mm. do we have to embellish this it's like have you ever seen for instance um there's a great maybe a great movie there's a classic movie out there and then usually to make some more money or to uh, tweak it a little bit somebody comes along and they say the making of gone with the wind and it's sort of a behind or the the scenes that were cut from whatever mm -hmm. such, such a movie and the truth of the matter is who cares about those you know there's a reason why they were cut we don't need to add to the text and mm -hmm. and uh, I'm particularly uh cautious of that especially uh it, with catholic doctrine because it mingles it mingles myth with the text okay right we accept as inerrant the inerrant word of god we fully bought in that it happened this way this is the way this is history right. and, and it's you know they... about uh what is a uh, uh, myth uh, mythology right. this is again this dovetails back to the joseph campbell crowd everything is a metaphor whenever you get confused about what is mythology you'll eventually apply that to the cross itself Mm -hmm. It'll eventually make its way back to that. It puts everything on the table as if mm -hmm. to say, well, maybe this is just a myth or maybe it's just a metaphor. Maybe it never really happened. But, you know, I get a warm, fuzzy feeling over the story and it's good enough for me. What were you going to say, Mark? 
Oh, it's just the, in terms of the, uh, you know, why, why do they do that or whatever? It's, it's just in, in the shroud or the shroud or yeah. the, the, the garment or whatever. It was just uh, the, the relics that, uh, you know, were, they always, it was all these relics people wanted, like you said, people wanted to make money um, and people wanted to get a piece and get a piece of the gospel, get a piece of the, you know, a piece of, uh, uh, of the story um so they could be blessed by it you know so there was you know in in luther's time he he went to uh he went to rome and he discovered all these relics for sale and you could get the nails of the cross and pieces of the cross and you know all these different things and and um you know it just people you know corrupt man would want to sell the gospel um and, right. uh, and and people really wanted the assurance too i really am yeah. part of this and you know because because of the corruption in the church and the and and the fact that the the gospel of grace was hidden um and those times people really wanted something to hold on to that you know that they could have some sort of assurance that they were part of the kingdom of god so, a bone from peter's finger right <laughs> right you know, which I think uh, uh, Luther or someone from this, if there were, Peter didn't have that many fingers. <laughs> All right. the bones were being sold. That yeah. are clean to be a right. So we must be careful about mm -hmm. that. It, 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 these, some of them sound very sentimental. Three wise men, right? Under a starlit sky with the yeah. great Chris. They make great Christmas cards. And right. But it's a sentimental Christianity. It's not grounded in truth. And um, when you ascribe to that, then the truth becomes negotiable too. And we must be cautious of negotiating the truth because this is the truth on which we stand. And if if the truth has set you free, you know, you're free indeed. Hallelujah. You know that the sun has set you free. Well, I think that you know this is that he. He was just in the crowd, mm. yet God saw it necessary and, and important to put him in the narrative. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know what, what's been said of them. or. What and he's, a, well, he's a witness. And I believe, you know, church tradition says that uh, Simon Sarid's son is Rufus and who's mentioned in some of the epistles. Now, I didn't do my Google research on that, but I seem to recall <laughs> that was the case, yeah, yeah. Um, that uh, one of the saints was related to or came from the family of. But again, that's church tradition. That's yeah, not the, the word. So I don't know if that's true or something I heard or, or whatever. And it well, really points to our need to look at the word itself yeah. as our measure of truth. And um, it reminds me of... Uh, this this quote by uh, the guy who did the the birds uh, uh, Audubon who did the bird society the bird watching society his mm -hmm. quote was when you know if you're out in, the na in nature and you look and when you see the bird in the in the book and the bird disagree he said to believe the bird you know <laughs> so you know believe what you see believe rather than what the book says but when Christians yeah. you know we. We have to go. We go by the word of God as our as our truth, and if our experience doesn't match up with it, we got to really stand on that word. Otherwise, we'll be making up our own our own truth. You know. Right, 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 right. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, some some people take these little incidentals and they they try to build them up uh, more so than uh, right, they genuinely express. So the truth of the matter is, in in Mark's gospel. Uh, Simon is is called out and said you, that he had two sons, Alexander and Rufus. Oh, there you and, go. Um, it's kind of an anomaly because the wonderment is, why are you speaking about this obscure guy's two kids? Uh, whereas there are other people in 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 uh, uh, scripture who's there who re whose relatives go nameless. Like like mm. Peter's mother-in-law, for instance, mm. he's just a, 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 a nameless person. Now there is a, uh, there is a uh, Rufus uh, mentioned in the epistle. Uh, I didn't see any commentary that they are are the same. I'm not sure how common a name that was in biblical times. Uh, the commentary essentially led to the notion that um, for some reason 
uh, Mark or Peter, you know, this was Mark is really Peter's gospel. Uh, uh, Mark uh, uh, knew these two, two characters and, and, uh, and they were known by the church. So mm -hmm. their, their names uh, had value for the historic content. Perhaps uh, 20 years has passed, uh, Simon has passed away, but he has he's conveyed the, the story to his sons. So mm -hmm. for confirmation, you can go ask right. Alexander if you really right. want. So, so it's just an interesting turn of, of the whys and wherefores uh, uh, of that sort of thing. I think uh, it's just important because God puts things there for a reason. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not necessarily for us to determine why he did it, but yeah, later exactly. on, I mean, we know that he did it for a reason. Right. But that's that's a great point Arthur brings up, though, is these are eyewitnesses accounts. Yeah. And that's a historical reference. That's like, hey, if you don't believe, go ask Rufus and whatever, because they're still around when we're writing this uh, in, in Mark's time. And uh, it's a historical reference. And, um, you know, uh, you know, naming Caesar Augustus is at the time of the census is another, you know, it's it's that's put in there to tell you exactly when in history this happened to right. dif differentiate it from a myth. Yeah, these are real people in real time. And um, so uh, we don't camp on it. You know, we, we don't have to build a, a theology that, you know, the the first church of Simon of Cyrene. Uh, it's not, we don't, we don't need to do that. It's out there. I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm sure it is. <laughs> oh my. Oh and they my. carry a cross every day, every time yeah. they go, you know, once a year they carry the cross you know, for Jesus. There are places that I've seen where that's come time for, you know, around Easter time, there are people that will actually put a cross on, you know, strip down and have people beat them and they walk the, you know. Yeah, the, the, I've, uh, I've heard of that testimony too. I've heard of that testimony too. And it, it's, uh, I, I guess that's something that happens in some of the countries in South America. And guess what tradition it, it, it uh, follows, Catholicism. Um, yikes. Um, because you have to do more than just accept Christ under that right. system, you know. Right. So they want to you know, really be really have something to feel that where they're part of their faith. So right. they'll, they'll, sure. they'll get flogged and carry a cross just and get and crucify themselves just uh, to know that they have a part in the kingdom. Sure. Mm -hmm. And um, if they hate their neighbor, uh, well, that was a waste of time. That was a big waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and, and when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of the skulls. They gave him a sour wine mixed with gall to drink, but he had tasted it and he would not drink. So um, Golgotha uh, is, uh, it, it, we pick up, it's called, you know, they, they use the word Calvary in, in John's gospel. Calvary is, is from a Latin Calvaria, which means a skull. And the commentary on that was that it was probably a, uh, had something to do with the shape of, of the, the place and the area. Well, that's good, because I've heard teachings that it was, you know, Goliath's skull was there. There's giant skulls there. There's yeah. lots of stuff out there that will, uh, uh, wow. So, yeah, I, yeah. I got no bio. Surprisingly, I don't have any scripture to back that up. But, you know, that's, <laughs> that's what some teacher said, you know, and it was all through, you know, the Jewish tradition or something, um, yeah. you know, so yikes. And who's to say that that's not there, but that's not part of the story. Right. We go with the exactly. And it's not and it might be an incidental true story, but it's, you know, it's not it doesn't play a big part in this narrative. You know, so. <laughs> Indeed, we don't take great novels, you know, uh, great expectations or something. We don't start inserting <laughs> uh, uh, cutesy verses and, 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 and lines and, and global <coughs> subtext way out of contents. Uh, right. Like, well, like you said, Arthur, you know, uh, you know, the way we can take a an, an original narrative and go off on offshoots and spinoffs and everything else, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I great expectations. I guess we would do the uh, the story of Miss Havisham from beginning to end, and then you know, yeah. if we're going to do that, we're going to go off of you know everyone she knew, and you know, 
like yep. create a whole great expectations universe uh, to uh, to go around and uh, you know try to get meaning out of. Uh, hmm. Interesting in that uh, when they gave him uh, wine mixed with with gall, this was a, a mild uh, painkiller, uh, and you'd say you might say to yourself, "Oh wow." you know, boy, the, the Romans were having compassion. Uh, not really. <laughs> the whole aim of crucifixion was to prolong it for as long as possible. Mm. <laughs> so uh, he was given, they tried to give him uh, uh, the wine mixed with gall. But you may recall back in Matthew 26, 29, it says, but I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom. So that was a powerful promise that Jesus mm -hmm. made. And um, he's uh, offered uh, uh, the, the wine on, on the cross. He refuses it. Uh, so there's, you know, a, a consistency in, in his um, uh, actions. Uh, in verse 35, prison, uh, it, prisoners were, uh, typically crucified naked and it was it was commonplace to you know give the the soldiers the, the clothing clothing had mm. value great value in, in those days um <clears throat> you know when when jesus says if if a man uh, uh you know asks for your cloak give him your your shirt also uh this was it's not, I, you know, I have like uh, 20 shirts in my closet and I wear three. Uh, it, it's very difficult right. for yes, that's, yeah, someone else is like that. Culture in a time where um, simple things had great value, very, very small, seemingly. I don't know who buys new clothes anymore. You know, we, we yeah, I don't know, um, or Salve, Salve Armani, you know, mm. Salvation Army. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> to buy clothes but uh, we're so over blessed mm. uh, in in this country and in this time that we live in mm. that we just have stuff uh, yesterday Susanna and I we have our son coming to stay with us uh, and his family um, my uh, his his wife's father his in-laws He's in last stages of stage four cancer. Oh. So we'll covet everybody's prayers for Tom Adamo mm. uh, through these uh, next weeks. But mm. uh, Adam and Katie and the two kids are coming to stay with us for an extended period of time. So we blitzed the house and cleaned out some closets yesterday, trying to make room for their whatever they're bringing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we just have stuff that we haven't worn and haven't even looked at. It would be like Christmas for us. And, oh, look, a new coat. No, you've had that coat for 10 years, honey. You just don't wear it. Oh, I didn't even know I had it. So, uh -huh. so clothing had value. And um, I and think so, also clothing had a value because it was usually handmade. Sure. Mm -hmm. Hand spun. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think there's one of the Gospels talks about when they talk about um, dividing the, the garments. They chose, there was one piece that Jesus had that was all in one. Yeah. And they said, we don't want to rip this. We want to. Right. And, and that's why they cast the lots. Yeah. I was going to say that, yeah. uh, that I re seem to recall that too, Suzanne, and maybe one of the other gospels where they said that. That's right. Mm -hmm. And this also becomes the proof text for no gambling. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> all right. Uh, good. Yeah. You yeah. Know. If the Roman soldiers did it, maybe we shouldn't. You know, it's like. Uh, right. Hitler burned books, maybe, so maybe we shouldn't burn books, okay? We don't want to follow the example of creepy people in history. That's for sure. Anyway, so yeah, so I think that that's interesting about the clothing too, because the, the soldiers weren't given necessarily good wages to do the crucifixion stuff, but, but clothing would have been something that would have been valuable, like you said. Yeah. In verse 37, we see and they put over his, uh, uh, up over his head, the accusation written against him, Jesus, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Um, this is, uh, wasn't intended as a mockery, really. Imagine that, you know, it's almost like the, uh, the uh, poem by, by Shelley Ozymandias, 
you know, look on my works mighty and despair. This is this is your king, and we're crucifying him today. Well, you know, lucky you, great king you have here. It was intended as a mockery both at Jesus and 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 probably a little bit at the Jewish nation, but uh, inadvertently it confirms the charges that he was crucified for. Um, and uh, uh, we talked about that a, a little bit uh, last week that the um, the Jews didn't have. Uh, the legal latitude to put anybody to death, so they, uh, you know, they they stirred up and and, and pilot and implored, and, and they brought in this this charge of um, <clears throat> of uh, insurrection or uh, a treason treason, you know, against against Rome, against the the lordship and the kingship of Rome. Uh, the the Jewish charge was blasphemy, claiming to be God. That was. Uh, but that was meaningless to, to Pilate and certainly wasn't uh, worthy of, of crucifixion or maybe even a, a glance or anything like that. So they, mm. they uh, the, the chief priests and the elders stirred up this charge of uh, uh, treason, claiming to be a king. And then, you know, we read in one of the other gospels again that, uh, you know, they, they actually taunted uh, Pilate saying, you're, you're no friend of Caesar's if you don't, if, if you don't crucify this guy, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're Caesar's subjects. So it's a very interesting uh, weaving and, and turn of events here. God's going to have his way. You know, it, we're not getting out of this thing. Uh, uh, God's, this is God's plan and it's plan A. And, and we can take this uh, personally to say, God's plan A for our life is, is going to come to pass. You know, it's like Jonah, for instance, you know, Jonah tried to run from God's plan. He said, I don't think so. You know, I'm not changing my mind. We don't have this whimsical God that we worship that changes his mind. It's like, oh, okay. You know, okay, Moses, really, I didn't know that you, you stuttered. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, mm. I'll go find some other guy wandering in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> No, we'll take the burning bush on the road. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll go somewhere else uh, with it. Um, God's plan A for, for our lives is going, going to come to pass. Yeah. And um, a lot of believers compulsive obsess over this. Oh, you know, I don't know what God's plan is for my life, or I just want to find God's plan. Or I, you know, uh, what if I miss God's plan? You won't. Okay, right. it, 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 and if you're worried about that, <clears throat> don't sin. Okay, because sin is never really part of God's plan. All right, mm -hmm. and uh, um, so, but uh, He's made a provision for that, and mm -hmm. He uh, uses um, chastening to uh, draw us back from that. So, mm -hmm. we're if anybody wants to know what God's plan is for their lives, take a deep breath, consider what you're doing right now. And that's God's plan for your life. All right. And don't get too far ahead of it mm. and enjoy it. Flow with it. Mm. Uh, the purpose of life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's the first catechism. Right. right. And like, and like you said, uh, you know, uh, or like we pointed out, um, you know, where you are right now is where God wants you. But however, if you're in the midst of sin, you should agree with that book and uh, yeah. change your experience to right. Because otherwise you could turn that into, you know, some sort of theology. Well, if God didn't want me to do this, I wouldn't be doing yeah. it. Totally. Like, right. Sure. Yeah, I know. Thank you you, you don't true. you don't have license to, to right where you want to weave it. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, but you know, when when you guys were both saying that, it made me think that what is God's plan for our life? For us to glorify God. Yeah. Whatever we do is glorifying to him. That's it. So whether you're, you know, Brother Lawrence washing dishes in a monastery, sure, or you're Billy Graham standing on a stage and preaching to millions, yeah. As long as it's not about you, right? But mm -hmm. you're just glorifying God. Yes. You're doing His will. You're doing His plan for your that's life. That's it. Yeah, that's a great point, uh, sweetheart. And and we might take it a little further and say, well, how do I glorify God? How am I going to glorify God? teaching in a classroom or washing dishes in a monastery or sweeping the floor. Um, these seem like mundane tasks. I, I'll tell you how you glorify God in that. Do it with joy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
with joy. Do it with a, a sense and a recognition that he has breathed the breath of life into you, that mm. he has given you unction and energy and, and wherewithal to do the things that, that we do, that life is precious and beautiful and that we can rejoice in it. Mm -hmm. Do it with a, a positive attitude. Do it with a, an, an eternal perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, do it with all these things without murmuring or complaining. You know, murmuring and complaining was the number one indictment that God had against the children of Israel in the mm -hmm. wilderness. You know, so called it, calling them a stiff-necked people. And so uh, consider the times of life that we just murmur and complain about, mm -hmm. uh, about all kinds of silly things. Uh, this is the fourth red light I've hit. And uh, who cares? You know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, take a deep breath and, and, and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, Pastor Bob got us that um, devotional. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy. I think also we go back to the whole concept that joy is from God. Yeah. Happiness is circumstantial. Mm. Right. That's true. Yeah. So maybe I'm not happy scrubbing the toilet right now, but I can find joy in my heart that God gave me the ability to scrub a toilet. Right. Yeah. And you're doing, and you're being a steward, you're doing what's right, you know, and, yeah. and, and that's all, you know, these, there's general principles and there's a specific word of God to guide us. And that's, yeah. that's what we try to do is align ourselves with that. Indeed. So uh, John's gospel tells us uh, uh, that this inscription was written in Latin, Greek, and Hebrew, uh, just in case. Uh, Everybody's got to know who the yeah, king of the Jews yeah, is. You know what I'm saying? How about that? You know, everyone's got to know that Jesus is the king of the Jews. So we'll write it in every language. It was important. So in, in verses 38 to 44, we have the account of, of Jesus on the cross. Uh, the other gospel writers give us uh, some more details. Obviously, John, you know, the seven last words, for instance. Mm. What, what I'd like to grasp is the understanding of, of how easily swayed uh, people can be, as we see in, in the Matthew narrative. Jerusalem was, was very crowded at this time. Uh, some accounts say that it's, it swelled to around two million people uh, during the Passover. People had had migrated and, and on pilgrimage to Jerusalem to, to celebrate the Passover. There was actually, you know, kind of a, an unspoken hospitality where people in Jerusalem would open their houses up to travelers and pilgrims to celebrate the Passover. That's why when we see during the the, the Last Supper and Jesus instructing his disciples to, to, to find the upper room, you know, right. so and, and, and again, I mean, this is compelling stuff. If we consider the context of, the, the, uh, of what's happening there, you know, Christ is, is, is crucified during the Passover when there's multitudes there. They got the, the mul multiple language telling everyone he's the Christ. So there's a lots of eyewitnesses accounts. And then when the resurrection comes, they go, oh, that guy, that guy came back to life because I yeah. saw him crucified. And so right. it's like a multitude of eyewitnesses to, sh and again, for God's purposes, to share the, the gospel and to, to have it spread. You know, the, the, I saw that guy, I saw that guy get crucified and he's now alive again. You know? yes. so, and, and the body's not in the tomb. Absolutely. And then doesn't it say in Acts that there were, there were, you know, so many witnesses, he was showed himself to the twelve. Yeah, if, if the Pentecost again, a multitude of people come in to see the the birth of the church. Proof, proof text, and it says, "Go talk to them." Yeah, just like mm -hmm. you would say earlier, go talk to Rufus, go talk to Alexander. That yeah. their dad was there; he car he carried his cross. Yeah. So, in spite of the uh, uh, large crowds, it it, it 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 you couldn't escape hearing about this this prophet who healed the sick, turned over tables in the temple, confounded the Pharisees, taught with authority, and called Yahweh his father, right? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't, you probably wouldn't have missed that, that, that uh, buzz around town yeah. during this particular Passover. This was mm -hmm. all, all the talk. You wouldn't have missed like what uh, during the triumphant entry. Oh, what are people doing over there? Throwing down palm branches and shouting Hosanna, mm -hmm. right? 
-hmm. what's going on? It, 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 this it would have been it, it would have been very well known. Yeah. Uh, Jesus even made the police blotter. I'm sure. He, I'm sure the Jerusalem police blotter <laughs> carved in stone. <laughs> Jesus, false prophet. You know, yeah. Well, that makes me think. Front page story. Of the yeah. road when the guys are talking and Jesus shows up and they say, are you the only Have person? Have you not heard? <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, you know, I didn't think, that's excellent, honey. Are you the only person? So it, it, this was all the buzz. Everybody heard. So surely uh, some of the people who are shouting Hosanna uh, to the king, son of David uh, a week earlier um, were in there with the chief priests and the scribes uh, mocking him uh, to come down off the cross and and uh, uh, you saved others why don't why don't you save yourself and yeah. and how how fickle is is That's, Christianity how yeah. how easily swayed are people given uh, a modicum of pressure or uh, you know or a little bit of disappointment like yeah. one minute oh. oh come on let's make him king and then oh wow well he didn't That's turn out much right you know as as, as new yorkers uh, uh this is a horrible analogy but you know quarterback phil sims won a super bowl in 86 <laughs> and he was the talk you know the toast of the town and then he didn't play so well the following years and you know big bum right so sure. yeah. you know so people's opinions change very quickly and when when well he's being honored so let's honor him oh he's being vilified let's vilify him like well yeah. i think um one of the ones that's very contemporary right now in our face in front of us is that uh, hospital workers who we were calling heroes a year ago, yeah. big signs, heroes work here. Oh, uh -huh. great. they're coming to work, uh, feet to the fi fire. You know, they're coming to work in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, heroes work here a year later are getting fired because yeah. they won't, uh, uh, take the vaccine, you know, right. we're firing heroes. Uh, over uh, their integrity, you know, their 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 uh, uh, stick to itiveness in in their decision making to right. come to work a year ago, but making, now they say, oh, I'm not too uh, sure about this vaccine. I, I I'd like to opt out, and they're saying, "No, you're fired." Yeah, again, a great example of our current times. Yeah, of the so fickleness of dynamics. How we tend to. Um, just flow with the wind, you know, every, uh, I think it's uh, uh, either James or Paul talking about every, with every wind of doctrine, blown to and fro with every wind of doctrine, how we're so yeah. easily swayed. Um, One day you're an essential worker, the next day you're getting shown the door. Shown the door, pink slip, baby. Yeah. Um, the takeaway is don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't be that way. Let's not, let's collectively <laughs> not be that way. Let's, mm. let's stand on the solid rock of of the gospel of jesus christ and um uh with confidence mm. in the end uh whatever that looks like uh, so I, I i can never remember if it's i think it's polycarp or uh arenas i think it was polycarp you know elderly man you know they're going to execute him right for not pinching some incense to ease uh, caesar mm-hmm Big tough guys gonna gonna execute an old old man because he wouldn't pinch some incense to Caesar and 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 he says Christ has never failed me all my life why would I forsake him now yeah so uh -huh. let's have that um, that that stalwart unity of thought that, that will not be shaken will not be t torn down um, mm. the priests and elders and scribes mocked him saying come down off the cross and and we will believe in in you mm. no they wouldn't no then how much more do you want to see you know right. he yeah. I mean, even jesus said <laughs> how, how much more exactly yeah yeah you just want signs this is a corrupt generation all you want is signs 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 right mm. and so um, <laughs> it, 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 this harkens harken me back to luke 16 9, 19 to 31 what we call the, the par parable of sorts of the rich man and, and Lazarus. And in, in the final verse, in verse 31 of that, uh, he says, uh, if this is, you know, this is 
Abraham speaking because the, the rich man is crying out from, from Hades, you know, uh, just have Lazarus dip his finger in some water to cool my lips. No, he and, says, and he's send worried him about, about his brothers. His brothers. Mm -hmm. He's worried about his brothers. <clears throat> he says, send Lazarus back from the dead to, to warn them. And Abraham says, if, if they didn't hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. There yeah. it is. And it is. so that was, you know, very prof a prophetic word from Jesus. Mm -hmm. Susanna and I have been enjoying the um, uh, Jane Austen, some Jane Austen uh, uh, novels that have been that have been made into movies. There's mm -hmm. some very good ones out there. And one of them, one of the ones that we enjoy particularly is is Persuasion. Mm. And uh, uh, you might remember, Mark, uh, persuasion is actually mentioned in in uh, the abolition of man. Uh, mm -hmm. I finally got that from, <laughs> and I've been reading it. So okay. it's it's mentioned. It's it's a it's an important. It's a powerful work. It's not just a, a frilly uh, novel. She's had some real depth of writing. And it, as we were watching it the last time together, uh, it it really pressed on me. Uh, just how difficult it is to persuade somebody sometimes. Mm -hmm. And of course, our intention is to persuade people to the gospel. Mm -hmm. And boy, you know, uh, the, the degree to which some people are just digging their heels and are not the least bit pliable mm -hmm. and are just are not going to be persuaded. It doesn't matter if you uh, uh, double somersaults with three and a half twists, uh, use your laser printer and, and bring in this point, that point, or uh, uh, whatever, you, they're just not going to be persuaded. Mm. Uh, and uh, in, in this instance, we see, uh, uh, you know, how people were easily persuaded to a, to a different point of view. And, and then, of course, I, as I pointed out, the scribes and the Pharisees saying, uh, uh, you know, come down off the cross and, and we'll be persuaded that, that you are mm. who you say you are. The truth of the matter is they won't. You know, their, their hearts have, have, have really been and, seared. And just like, and just like uh, you know, uh, Jesus' parable uh, uh, foreshadowed the fact that they wouldn't believe it even if he was risen from the dead. Sure. They didn't believe it even after Christ was risen from the dead. Right, right. right. You know, uh, so, uh, try to figure that one out. Hmm. Boy, yeah. I would say the personal takeaway is for us to have to be, have pliable uh, hearts and not to be persuaded by every wind of doctrine, mm -hmm. but to be persuaded by the word of God, mm -hmm. particularly yeah. in regard to our own ways, you know. Mm -hmm. We don't we don't dig in our heels over sin and try to justify it or try to say, well, this isn't really sin or really it was just a little white lie or was this that the other thing. Let us be persuaded mm. by the word of God that it might change us because yeah. that's his intention to change us, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. right. So, you know, let's harden not your hearts. Mm -hmm. If you hear his voice, you know, yeah. harden your heart. Mm -hmm. Um so in verses 45 to uh, uh, 56, uh, honey, are you open to that? Mm -hmm. Would you read that, please? Verses 45 to 56. Now, from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, Elama, Sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of those who stood there, when they heard that, said this man is calling for elijah immediately one of them ran and took a sponge filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered him him to drink the rest said let him alone let's see if elijah will come to save him jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit then behold the veil of the temple was torn into from top to bottom the earth quaked and the rocks were split the graves were open and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were risen <clears throat> and coming out of their graves after his resurrection they went to the holy city and appeared to them 
So when the centurion and those who were with him, who were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and the things that were happening, they feared greatly and said, truly, this was the Son of God. And many women who followed Jesus from Galilee ministered to him, were there looking at on from afar. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. <clears throat> right. There's uh, a lot of content in there. There, there really is. Um, hmm. I wrote that the actual death of the creator of the universe at the hands of the people who he created. This is hmm. an unparalleled cosmic event or, or moment. There was a, an earthquake and the veil of the temple was torn in two. Um, interestingly, interesting note, it always intrigued me that this revealed when the veil was torn in, in two that the, that the ark wasn't there. <laughs> oh, surprise, everybody. Mm. Uh, I'm sure that was known, you know, but um, the well, graves... Not known by the, by the general populace. Yeah. Uh, the <clears throat> graves being open and bodies of saints who had fallen asleep were raised. That's... Uh, exclusive to Matthew's gospel. Mm. So, um, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> I know. I, I know. It's like, what does this mean? Where is, the, where is the fifth gospel that tells us of the risen saints that went around yeah, the world? Right, exactly. Let, I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. Um, one of the That's things the, that... Yeah, I won't go there either. I, it is... Um, the Jewish belief in some sort of um, uh, reincarnation or uh, resurrection, we know that the, the scribes didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead, but the Jews, even to this day, have this, um, this thing about Elijah returning, you know, yeah. re returning from the dead uh, in, in some uh, form, somehow. It's part of the, uh, I don't know if it's, yeah, it's part of the, um, the Seder, right? The, 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 yeah. the bread that's yeah. Elijah or whatever, right? right. Yeah. Elijah here. And also, I think that Jesus spoke to this because I think his disciples said to him, you know, why do the scriptures say that Elijah must come back before the Christ comes? And he says, well, if you believe he already did, and yeah. it was in the form of John the Baptist. Right. Yeah. The concept of Elijah coming back is that he's a herald. Mm. he's a speaker he's the one that comes before that that makes the way straight and and provides a way in for the christ to come exactly which is what the jewish nation is waiting for yeah but they're waiting for a military you know conquering christ mm. where jesus came as a conquering christ but a conquering christ of your heart yeah <laughs> um it, it just intrigues me the kind of uh uh, sideshow atmosphere uh, going on. Uh, you know, let's let him alone and let's see if Elijah will come and save him. You know, mm -hmm. like with, you know, the, the, the lack of compassion, the lack mm -hmm. of, of understanding that uh, somebody is, is, has been brutally, you know, bludgeoned here and is, is hanging on a cross and, and, uh, well, you know, it was like it was like the gladiatorial of events. Yeah. The show, this to, to many, the the crucifixions were a big show. Mm. Uh, it's so uh, just like weird, you know. Show me spirituality or or something where it's like it's it's it, hearing those verses is sort of akin to you know, if God doesn't like it, strike me dead and wait for the lightning to come and go see. There's no God, you know, and. And sure. just sort of, you know, it's it shows the total depravity of man uh, very starkly there. Like it's uh, it's sort of a mocking tone, you know. It's like yeah. let's see if a Malaysia comes. Like no. if uh, if it were today, some somebody would be selling T-shirts. Right. It certainly would. Um, I remember it told that um, you know the two. Uh, the two sons that brutally murdered their uh, their parents. Uh, uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. I can't yeah. think of their names, but they were the Melendez brothers. Melendez brothers. And uh, during the trials, people were selling T-shirts. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. What do we Things are getting worse. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Right. I, uh, well, I mean, you know, we don't we don't necessarily have gladiators nowadays and brutal murders, but. Look at the movies that are out there. The video game. 
Look at the dude. Yeah. Ultimate yeah. fighting. You know, boxing yeah. wasn't enough. Right. You know, the gorier, the better. The, the, the most horrific, the better. You know, these, these horrible movies. And and that's, you know, the same thing with these crowds and the same thing, the crowds that went to the, the gladiatorial, you know, things. And the and when the, the, the uh, Christians were thrown to the animals to be eaten alive, they, it was to watch, they got excited over watching children and women and men being torn to pieces by animals, you know. Mm. And that's not just a little bit of blood that's a lot of blood that's a lot of gore and, and here's an interesting side note that neil postman draws out in his classic book amusing ourselves to death the, consider the the television culture and consider the news that'll give you this gory account of you know babies being blown up in the ukraine or or you know troops moving in or a, a a building collapsed and 500 people are trapped in the rubble just this gory account and then they'll say and we'll be back in just a moment after a word from our sponsors but let's have a toothpaste commercial first you know yeah. and just in a nanosecond now we're talking about happy toothpaste you know keep your teeth white and brush uh, three times a day you know how how can we switch emotionally it just steers yeah. our emotions one mm -hmm. minute you're heartbroken over this tragedy the next moment you're like ah that was a million miles away i think i'll get some of that toothpaste tomorrow like right. we're not designed that way mm -hmm. we do have a capacity to switch to flip like that but you know there's a price there's a there's a price that's paid in our souls yeah. for doing that i really you know i genuinely believe that and mm -hmm. um uh, here, you know, we just we 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 see the example of that in in this uh, in this narrative here. You know, people in uh, steeped in this gruesome scene, running around like, oh, maybe Elijah will come, you know, or maybe he will right. jump down on the cross. Boy, that'll be something to see, right? And, and in response, they get a they get an earthquake. They get the t yeah. you know, and and some people see the truth. You know, the yeah. centurion yeah. sees that this truly was the son of God and oh God, what have we, what have we done? You know, yeah. and church tradition, again, I, I, you know, it's extra biblical, but uh, church tradition states that the centurion would go on to become a Christian or whatever. I've heard that. Yes. You know. yeah. So uh, next we have uh, Joseph of Arimathea. Here's a, here's a character, right? <laughs> Joseph of Arimathea. And it says uh, now, uh, when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded uh, the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in clean linen, uh, the shroud of Turin, no doubt, right? Right. <laughs> he wrapped it in, in clean linen. Uh, and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a stone, large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. So uh, Joseph is uh, mentioned in all four gospels. Uh, and Luke calls him a, a council member. And John says that he partnered with Nicodemus to uh, take uh, the, and bury Jesus' body. So, um, it's, it's, again, not, not an, an incidental point. Mm -hmm. um, I drew out uh, on last week's study, the council, you know, that uh, was composed of 71 members. Mm -hmm. And it was a, a, a wonderment, uh, a question mark as to whether or not, you know, they, were, they had all um, come together to conspire uh, this, this, uh, this scheme or whether or not it was just a, a select few that had sort of uh, under, you know, uh, under the dark of night uh, gotten together, uh, closed door session, so to speak, and, and conspired. Uh, Matthew's gospel do, does use the word all, hmm. which would include uh, uh, Joseph and, and Nicodemus, at least in being present, maybe voting again, but maybe being shouted down, you know, by the, mm -hmm. by the multitude. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's hard to say, but uh, 
Joseph of Arimathea. Uh, and this verse also tells us that Mar Mary Magdalene was there at the tomb, the burial, sitting opposite the tomb. So this sort of re erases that ridiculous story that crops up every Easter that they went to the wrong tomb, you know, on Easter Sunday. That's why it was empty. They they went to the wrong tomb. Oh boy. Oops. Oh wow. God. I know it's around here somewhere, right? The tomb. It's gotta be uh, you so know, the resurrection was just a, a case of misdirections. Is that it? Yeah, we got, we got his, some his was there. It's just they went to the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> so, uh, oh my! It's it's oftentimes takes more faith to believe the foolish <laughs> uh, uh, interjections of non-believers than it does to just just. Believe the text. Believe the truth. Um, that's what I. That's my encouragement today. Believe the truth. Um, so, the next day, uh, we read on in in verse sixty-two. The next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, "Sir, uh, we remember while he was still alive." how this deceiver said, after three days, I will rise. So um, an interesting side note, again, uh, Jack Hayford's commentary points out that the day of preparation, or the day of preparation was Friday. So in visiting Pilate the next day, the Jewish leaders violated their own rules concerning the Sabbath. Uh -huh. They weren't supposed to do that. And here they were all fixated about Jesus healing people on the Sabbath. Just all, all hyper-consumed with keeping the Sabbath. But now, all of a sudden, it's okay to break the Sabbath because it's us breaking the Sabbath. This yeah. is why a legal system, uh, uh, you know, without a, a, a divine authorship, whoever authors this, the legal system always has an exclusion of themselves. Mm -hmm. That's why every legal system of man is is failed because there's a yeah. there's always that Achilles heel there's always that that opt out you know this applies to this this is the law for all the people not for me because I I wrote it and I'm above yeah. the law yeah the yeah. Uh, the cat the Catholics uh, have something called special dispensation special um, where, they, where they can uh, get away with whatever and uh, I get guess George whatever. Carlin famously said in one of his routines <laughs> that you know. It was a Cindy meet on Friday, unless you raised the, unless you were from the parish that raised the most money for the, the bishop's fund or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh boy, special yeah, dispensation. Special dispensation, right. But again, you know, it just shows the hardness of their heart. And it just shows that they're, because I also think it shows that they're a little nervous. Mm. That, that, you know, there is right. a of understanding that you know this guy really could do all these things and yeah, they want to make sure he's dead and there was the graves opening sure. and there was yeah. the, the, the veil torn now how did that happen maybe we should you know hedge our bets on this one yeah and um and run over to pilot and say hey pilot send some some guards over there yeah but i love how once again pilot chooses to opt out and he says in 65, Pilate said to them, you have guards, you go your way, make it secure as you know how. Right. I mean, Pilate is trying to so distance totally himself. distance himself. Right. From his Washing own. his hands once again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So it uh, it demonstrates just another hypocrisy like the uh, 30 pieces of silver. Mm. Uh, uh, just uh, uh, another uh, hypocrisy happening in in. Uh, amongst the, the leadership uh, in, in the church of the Jewish nation at, at the time. So um, we, we can't help but hear the echo of Proverbs 29.2, when a righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Mm. So, uh, this was a, 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 an oppressive regime, both Rome and uh, Herod, you know, and the Jewish uh, leaders at, at, at the time. This was a, an oppressive regime. That's why there were cults like the uh, the zealots who were intent 
on on throwing off Roman uh, rule and, mm. and authority, um, where there was sure there was a, a peace, there was a, a Pax Romana, but um, don't step too far outside the boundaries, or we're gonna we'll crucify you. You know, uh, mm. lucky you. You know, you you don't want to wear a mask? We'll crucify you. You know, there was that kind of thing. Wow. Uh, so, um, indeed, uh, when you know when when the when a wicked man rules, the, the people groan. Jesus entered space and time at, at, at just the perfect time. The mm. Roman world, you know, dominated. Uh, 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 Rome dominated the world. Israel's frustration with the matter while at the same time capitulating just for the sake of survival, right? Uh, uh, how could some obscure carpenter's son impact this ugly world? Mm. Wow. You know, it, it just echoes of, of uh, you know, of First Corinthians uh, 1, you, you know, you, you chose the, the base things of the world to confound the, the rich and, and, and the mighty, the lowly things of the world. Um, there's no shortage. There were no shortage of messianic hopes running around uh, in in that world, as there are today, right? You know, Jesus is coming. We've had we've had predictions. We've had we've had rubles say, "Give the time and the hour," even though the scripture says, "No man knows the time and the hour." It's always somebody uh, who rises up. Uh, guess what? I had a word from the Lord, you know, December 28th, uh, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, as seeking deliverance from tyranny, uh, the, from the tyranny of hi hypocrisy, which weighs on man's soul. Mm -hmm. That, that is a, uh, that is a, a tyranny. We, we, we see it in, in government today, obviously it, I don't, you know, I don't want to just pick on our nation. I, I still believe that that we're a great nation. I think we're founded on on good principles, and uh, 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 there's still great nobility and, and, and justice in our nation. Uh, but we've seen great hypocrisy throughout COVID. We've we've seen behind the scenes where you know where politicians uh, pull up the mask. Just for the sake of the crowd, but you know we know that even though they're mandating it in their closed meetings, they they know the the foolishness of it, and and mm. so uh, and it's 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 that way with with so many so many aspects of of public and, and political life, hypocrisy has, and interestingly enough, people say that I don't want to go to church because they're hypocrite. <laughs> Everybody's a hypocrite there, but, but of course the the the, the pat responses well well come on you know we always have room for one more you know right, exactly a hypocrite really that mm -hmm. our culture is is steeped in in hypocrisy and mm -hmm. we talked about last week this selective righteousness mm -hmm. where you pick and choose like i'm going to follow that law that one i'm not sure of this one doesn't really apply to me i'm definitely not following that that's just stupid but i'll follow this this and this and, and, you know, I will um, consider myself a good person because of I do this, this, and this. I, I feel as though I'm, I'm pretty much 51% in. So yeah, I got a C plus, you know, in morality. So we're, we're okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good. I pass. I pass the, I pass the course. It's, it's, this is like. The pass fail course, guys. It's. Uh, <laughs> Somehow I do not want the surgeon working on my brain. Right. Who got a D and passed and something, <laughs> anything. <laughs> Not necessarily what I'd like to have, but you know, we all we all have that modicum of, of hypocrisy. We all have yeah. that modicum of, of because we're not we're not on this side of heaven. We're not going to be perfect. Right. It's not. Indeed. We're getting closer. We can look a little bit more like Jesus. Mm. We can go every day. I want to look a little bit more like Jesus. Yeah. And every day when I do sin, because all sin, whether it's a white lie or, or I run out and murder somebody, which I'm not going to do it, but um, it's sin. Yeah, right. And it reminds us how much it we need him. Yeah. yeah, it and, hurts God. And as Mark pointed out earlier, that's not our carte blanche to just throw up our hands and say, well, you know, whatever, I'm going to sin anyway today. So no, no, no. What, what's the difference? It doesn't doesn't really make any difference. Mm. Um, 
later down the road, Peter will preach on uh, preach a, a sermon on Pentecost. And he'll say, "Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, yeah. <laughs> the Lord of Christ." <laughs> so, I'm talking to you guys. You know? <laughs> so, and what? What? And then you know, it's like, what must we do? And after what that, must we do to be saved? Nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's mm. Acts 4.12. Mm. And so I'd like to conclude with that today. Um, again, the, the richness of, of looking at the, the uh, uh, climax of, of the gospel narrative, really the, the climax of the human story right here. Uh, it happened 2,000 years ago. Oftentimes you'll see in, in, a, in a great novel or a story, the climax doesn't always come at the end of the, at the, end of the novel. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's in the middle somewhere. And this was the, this was the, the, the climax of the, the human drama and saga, the, um, the uh, uh, deliverance from the bondage of sin. It was foretold. It was prophesied. The entire event is is peppered with fulfilled prophecy, and uh, it still echoes in in our hearts to the extent that we're called to remember it. You know, in some churches every Sunday, re mm. remember this yeah. is my body, which was given up for you. This is my blood, which is shed for you. The blood of the new covenant, shed for all men for the remission of sins. This is the climax of of the uh, of the human narrative, mm. and Lord praise you and thank you for that we are we're so grateful that that we're part of your story mm. that we have a role to play and um we want to be uh uh sensitive and, and without with tender hearts to hear your voice and your instruction as we walk out our our role in in the human story and in your story in the story of of christ redeeming a people unto himself a glorious bride without without spot or blemish we honor you today we pray for your blessing over our respective worship services today certainly safe travels for people on icy roads and, and whatnot and we pray holy spirit to meet us in the midst of the assembly today lord god um, enrich our worship uh, rain down your presence and um and, and bring us that 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 sought after a peace and wonder that we find only in your presence. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.